Welcome friends, I'm Sarah Ann Stewart and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I wanna welcome you with open arms. Because while our paths may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire, to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life And we both know that that life starts inside of you. If you want to say goodbye to anxiety, frustration, and negative self-talk, and say hello to peace, mindfulness, gratitude, and living your best life, you've come to the right place. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not social conditioning, and not your past. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready. It's time to feel incredible from the inside out. Hey there. Thanks so much for tuning in to another interview episode on the Awesome Inside Out podcast. If you enjoy this conversation, the absolute best way that you can always support is by sharing it on social media with the people that you love or giving it a five-star review. It would mean the world to me for others to have access to this powerful content. So thank you so much in advance for being here and for sharing. It means the world to me. Also make sure to stay till the end as I'm going to offer some applicable takeaways and a really fun challenge this week to upgrade your health, your well-being, and your life. So today we're diving into the topic of manifestation, living in alignment with your highest truth and creating your own life from the inside out. For those of you who might not know my personal story, you might not know that my early 20s and even my early 30s looked very different than my life right now. And I'll be the first to admit that those were not the best years of my life, but they did teach me a lot. In my early 20s, I had no money. I was struggling with my health. I had dropped out of a traditional four-year university and my modeling agency had stopped booking me for shoots after I had gained a significant amount of weight. And countless other modeling agencies around the world had turned me down, presumably for the same reason. While most of my friends were having a blast in college, doing sorority parties and tailgates, I was extremely confused, sad, lonely, and depressed. I was constantly in question of why I wasn't happy. Why couldn't I have the life I wanted? What was missing? And while dog sitting for a friend, I came across a self-help movie centered on the law of attraction. And then all of a sudden, my world shifted. I took out a map of the world. I started circling everywhere I wanted to go. And I next wrote out a list of everything I wanted to create in my life in the present tense. And no, nothing manifested instantly. I didn't manifest an insane travel budget or a luxury car overnight, but I did make the decision to let go of some of the stories that I had been carrying around for far too long. And the next week made a decision to sell everything I owned, load up my car and drive to Miami with really no plans, little money, only with the trust that I had to take action if I wanted to change my life. And as I discovered throughout this process, a truth. In order to change our lives, we have to take the first step and we have to believe in the power of the universe to bring in what we desire by using our thoughts and feelings as that signal. And there's no one who understands the law of attraction, the power of manifestation, the joys of following your intuition than my podcast guest today, Lana Schlafer. Lana is a mindset coach, a law of attraction expert, 
and the author of a new book called Manifest That Miracle. Today, she's sharing how she used the law of attraction and other powerful mindset techniques to facilitate incredible experiences and reach personal mastery. Over the past decade, Lana has dedicated herself to giving back to others by helping them manifest what seems out of reach. From hitting seven figures in business to healing chronic illness to meeting their soulmates, Lana is an expert on shifting mindset so that you too can embody the life you've always imagined. If you've ever felt stuck or frustrated in your current reality, you can't skip this episode. She is going to offer a really unique approach to use fear as fuel and to help you really propel yourself forward in the right direction to attract the very things that you desire. So grab a tea, a notebook, a pen, and join us now. Welcome, Lana, to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited for this conversation, and it's been such a beautiful opportunity for me to get to know you on our last call and then a little bit before this conversation. And I'm excited to dive in deeper and, and get to know you even further in the future. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about manifesting, specifically because what I'm hearing from a lot of individuals in my community specifically is that they're in the struggle, they're in the fear, they're in the pain. They're in the discomfort of the pandemic, not really knowing when the pandemic's fully going to be, you know, going to be done, when life is going to go back to normal. And there's this energy of wait. There's an energy of, well, I'm going to wait to get back to my life or to manifest, you know, the career, the abundance, the partnership, the, the family, all of the things that I deeply desire because I just need to get through this. And what I love about your work is that you actually kind of shift this idea of manifesting that you have to be in the positive all the time and you have to be, you know, building this vision board and staying in vibrational alignment. Um, and you turn this misconception on its head. So I want to first start there. And then I would love to dive a little bit into your story in terms of how you've also used these lesser sort of emotions that you talk about that are less ideal, but also powerful fuel to move us forward and, and hear a little bit about how you got into this work after that. Well, I think that for me, it is very personal because okay. if I had to be positive given where I come from, and if I had to somehow... Um, twist myself into being Pollyanna, I was never going to get there. Mm. Like that's not my upbringing. I grew up in Russia and I came to the US when I was 12. In Russian culture, it is offensive to say something other than what you feel. People think it's like a very blunt or maybe even rude culture in that way that are from a different kind of cultural background. My husband's Filipino, so <laughs> his culture is very opposite. And we've had to sort of learn how to communicate with one another. Yeah. With that said, like I had a rough childhood in communist Russia. I did not grow up with even the things that are normal for like lower class or middle class Americans. I came to this work not because I wanted to manifest this and manifest that. I came into the mindset piece because I was like, somebody get me out of the hell that I'm living. This is not what my you know ancestors died in the war for and what my parents came to this country for. And it was especially hard for me when I worked but work, work, work and fulfilled the American dream and, you know, creating a vision of my life that I think my parents had for me and actually achieved it. I was one of the few people that by the time I was 24 was working investment banking and having a six figure salary and traveling all over the world and wheeling and dealing. And I was actually more miserable than ever. 
So that's when I had a full on breakdown thinking there has to be something more or I don't want to live. Like I don't want to have kids in the stage. I certainly do not feel okay. I feel like I could create a healthy relationship because I didn't have a healthy relationship with myself. I was full on binge eating disorder to the point where it was costing me like just having a normal life. I feel like so much of my energy was going towards trying to not be miserable. I mean, it sounds so... I don't know. I have so much compassion for Mm -hmm. that me. But I realized early on, as I started sort of moving away from work, 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 do, 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 achieve, 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 which got me to this place that I didn't want to be. Maybe there's another way. And I started reading books and I was already in therapy. I, you know, somebody gave me the movie, The Secret, Wayne Dyer, and I was already practicing yoga and sort of learning the Eastern philosophies. And I became a yoga teacher and sort of took that direction. But through all of it, the message was really unanimous through all of these wisdom, I would call them teachings, which is, hey, there's more than meets to the eye and you are not going to find happiness outside of yourself. My big question was, okay, well, how do I find it within myself? because all I feel within is pain. Pain that I don't even know how to distinguish what's mine, what's my family's, what's my environment's, you know, being an empath and having a lot of emotions. It was difficult. And so I would just channel it into behaviors that were numbing me out or keeping me making it through the day, but we're not getting it to the root of things. So when people say, well, how do you make your way out of it? I'm like, well, I wrote the book, Manifest That Miracle, to tell you. But in short, it is a process and it is not going to be the same for everyone, but there are sort of markers on this road. Mm -hmm. And the first marker is to acknowledge that I don't want to feel this way. This is not the only way that's possible to live. And I know that sounds very simple, but for me, just to admit that this is not my dream. This is maybe somebody else's dream. Maybe somebody else wants this life that I've created, but I don't want it. That was a really hard thing to do and then admit to my parents and my friends and then take actions on it, like actually trying new careers, new places to live, new ways to be, new healing modalities and all that. None of it would have been available to me had I not sort of opened up that door of a way awareness to say, this is not what I want. And I see so many women, especially not admitting. So COVID or not saying, look, this doesn't feel good to me. This doesn't work for me. This is not who I am. This is not what I feel is my greatest mission or purpose. Sometimes is the most painful thing we can do because Mm -hmm. it faces us directly um, with the thing that is causing us pain, but it's the only way that we can actually address it. Mm -hmm. Right? So addressing it is in the next step, which is resisting resistance, which means you would look at something and be like, I don't want it. It sucks. Go away. You know, I'm going to fight this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to kick its ass. I'm going to like, you know, all of the fighting analogy. I'm going to murder this thing, you know, whatever it is. F this and F that. I mean, it, it is good sometimes to just go from a feeling of total disempowerment and fear to like anger and maybe releasing it. It does, you know, move the energy energy. And that was already a form of realignment. With that said, if you can allow for the possibility, and that's all you really need to do is to allow that maybe, just maybe, there is an opportunity here. There is a portal into something. All the things that came up during COVID were already in existence in our world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, 
People who have great health really don't need to worry about COVID very much. It is very minor to them. People who have already had challenges, who already had challenging living environments, it became unbearable. People who already had challenges in health, the discomfort and the fear became even more so, right? So it was a real huge amplifier of everything. And on one hand, it makes it very painful and uncomfortable to be faced with it. On the other hand, it gives you the Mm -hmm. best point of change that you could ever ask for. And this is, you know, if you ask people who've been through a divorce or got cancer or gone through some really huge change, there's typically two responses. One is, this was the worst thing that happened to me and I am never going to get over it. Or you have the people that say, it was so painful. I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. And it gave me so much value and so many gifts. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was the best thing that could have happened to me. And that attitude will determine what happens with the rest of your life. Mm. Yeah. I love that. And then in terms of after the resistance and like moving through that, right? then what would be the next steps that you would say so, would be the, like, I'm assuming and tell me if I'm wrong, but it's also the courageously taking action is what I would assume would potentially be coming. <laughs> something. Yeah. Something. So, you know, embracing resistance creates more embracing. Mm-hmm. Resisting resistance creates more resistance. Mm-hmm. And um, this is the point that a lot of people start looking beyond their regular daily life rituals, like sort of how they make decisions and what they do. And it leads them to ask bigger questions like, is there a better way? Is there something more? Both in like a metaphysical, spiritual way, like, is there more to me? Is there more to life? You know, what truly matters? Because the things that I was busy with maybe are not accessible or available to me anymore. And also on, you know, more practical level, like where can I shift or improve how I show up, what I focus on and what I do so that I can feel better. Because the truth is, if you can feel better during a situation that is difficult and uncomfortable and challenging, of course you can feel better. Like when things are just flowing and glowing and there's win after win, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like what creates manifesting mastery or the ability, as I define it, the ability to rise in any challenge and feel bigger than any problem, the ability to take any hand of cards and play it well, right? Like a master poker player is not that you're waiting for the right cards to come. It's that you are playing every card to the best of your ability. So how do you face that resistance? That's a lot of inner healing work that is kind of hard to put into words. And Mm -hmm. especially if there's trauma and by trauma, I mean any experiences that were formative in creating habits and patterns that are adaptive but are maladaptive, right? Like they were responses that you needed to do in order to survive your environment. And they were the best, most brilliant ways that you as a, as a child or a teenager, as a young adult could come up with. But now they are limiting you, right? Mm-hmm. It might've served you to disassociate from something or to get really good at being independent because you couldn't rely on the people around you, for example. Or it might've really served you to stuff your feelings down and have an eating disorder because that was a better solution at the time versus asking for help over and over till you were losing your voice and nobody heard, could hear you, right? Mm-hmm. But at some point, you have new options and these behaviors could now be preventing you from heading into the next chapter, into the next desire, into the next 
vision. And so really working through those formative experiences, and that could be in therapy with coaching, with somatic experiencing, do ayahuasca, it really doesn't matter. There's a million paths, shamanic work, energy work. There are so many options, but the key is to have a sacred or safe container where you can let this come up and feel like there's support for you. In addition to now getting very clear on what you do want. Mm. So as you sort of heal what's coming up that isn't wanted, if in parallel, simultaneously, Michael Beckwith has a great saying that you are pushed by pain until you're pulled by a vision. Most of us have been pushed by pain. We know that feeling. It's like, I really don't want this. Like I will never have this again. Right. Mm -hmm. But if it doesn't at some point switch to being pulled by a vision, now this is what's calling me that it is a very uncomfortable journey. Mm. And creating a clear vision is something that will be ever evolving and living and breathing. Like as long as you live, you're going to keep shifting what you want. And at the same time, most of us weren't taught any tools or techniques or practices or ways, like I said, to even acknowledge what we want, much less to be able to focus on it in a way that feels like productive. That's where the action comes in. When that vision is clear, when you are pushed by pain and pulled by a vision, the actions that will come to you will be obvious and like, I have to do them. Most of us are too quick to take action before we have the clarity. And again, another Michael Beck was saying uh, that I'm just going to quote him all day today, I guess, which is it's easier to change directions when you're moving. So Mm -hmm. taking Mm -hmm. some sort of action a lot of times will give you the clarity you want, but there is a fine line between the peepers who are sort of type A do, do, do that they end up sort of digging a lot of holes that they then need to climb out of. And if you learn how to line up the energy and really move from a place of clarity and empowerment and alignment, then it feels like water's part for you and all kinds of synchronicities and support shows up from every direction. And you are thinking, wow, I had no idea that I am this supported by the entire universe. Yeah, I'm having flashbacks to... It's so interesting you you brought up the secret because I remember I grew up in a really spiritual environment. Both my parents, you know, we were reading Deepak Chopra books when I was young and sacred contracts. And it's interesting to me because I fell into this really deep depression around 20 years old. And based on the context, the spiritual context of what I had learned, which is like karmic contracts and that you're living out your karmic experience, I always felt like I was being punished. And then I was babysitting mm. for a friend's dog, house sitting, and the secret <laughs> was in the player and I watched it. And literally like two weeks later, I put everything on my front porch and my lawn. I put free and I drove down to Miami just having no clue what I was doing with my life. But it's interesting that you bring up that it's easier to take action when you're in motion. And it's easier to start to recognize for me specifically what needed to be healed when I recognized that my mind was going with me and that my mind wasn't... my The experience I was having of depression wasn't related to necessarily just being in Michigan and being around everyone from high school and my old environment. It was very much part of my mind. And so that's when I actually started to dive into the healing. And I was like, wow, my mind's going with me everywhere I'm going. So it's time... Wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> yeah, right. John Kabat-Zinn has that book. Yeah. And, and look, so there's important steps. What you're describing <laughs> is so similar to my journey and so many other is like, you know, knock on this door and you walk through it and you might learn something. And that's not the last door that you're going to knock on and walk through. Right. And one of the big, like, 
I, I don't know, common things that people say once they start doing you know, healing work, self-growth work. And I chuckle and I don't mean to offend them, but every time somebody says, oh, I thought I already worked on that or I healed it or I... And, and I feel like you are never going to be completely healed. I just assume that now. Mm-hmm. I am never going to be completely healed, which brings me back to an earlier thing that you actually said that was hugely liberating for me. So just say, okay, maybe I'm going to feel broken forever. Mm. Okay, now what? Mm, like being in the acceptance well, energy. Yeah. Being in acceptance energy and saying, okay, and when people talk about worthiness, which I, I love to talk about it, but at the same time, you can't ever prove you're worthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no, some absolute, uh, you know, proof that's like, okay, I've done this. Now I'm worthy. So at some point I just had to accept that there'll always be parts of me that feel unworthy. Okay. Now what, how can I enjoy my day today the most? How can I feel like I'm fully expressed today? And it comes down today, the next step. And so I also picked up and and went from Northern California to Southern California, you know, just sort of to move away from what I was doing only to come back in, you know, alchemist style to myself and recognize, okay, that wasn't the answer, but it was the right step to get Mm -hmm. me to where I am. Mm -hmm. And there will be other steps and it is never done. So now I'm much more focused on the next step and enjoying it versus getting it done. Mm -hmm. This idea of this binary sort of completion. Okay. I'm fixed now. I'm complete now. Like people want a manifestation because they think they will just arrive somewhere. Right. Right. Oh, I wanted my dream partner because then I will feel X, Y, Z. Okay. Well, now you're dating this person and they are sometimes nice and sometimes not nice. Now what? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you have kids with them and then you have to divide up finances and then you get your dream home and you're like, if only I get my dream home, I will. I mean, I moved into our, our beachfront property in Puerto Rico and I made a comment to my husband. I can't possibly imagine ever being sad here, looking at the Caribbean Sea. Well, I've had some moments of sadness for sure. (laughs) And I've seen your view and it's epic. (laughs) Turns out even an epic view can't make me not human. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that point, especially because we were talking about this before where we both, I think the reason we connected so well is because we both had to really get to that place of acceptance with the anxiety around our bodies and the eating disorder. We were, we were both kind of in a place in our lives where we said we might just, this might just be our life. Like this might have to be part of who we are. And if this is part of who we are, then what? Then does nothing else matter? Are we not worthy? And the moment, and I would love to hear your side of this, but the moment that I actually just accepted this might be who I am and how I live and I might have to just be with this and I stopped trying to actually fix it was the moment that I actually met my teacher who helped me heal my disordered eating through mindfulness and meditation and taking it to a next step that I wasn't able to to get to because I wasn't willing to do it alone because I didn't feel safe. Yeah. So I'm so glad you bring it up because however long ago, we can't go back in time and I don't glorify the past, but I feel like there used to be more of a community living. And at least in some cultures, at least in some times, there was a lot more access and support for whatever you're going through, at least for women and with child rearing and everything. With that said, there's never been as good of a time to be alive as now. And I think sometimes people tend to really over glorify, you know, red tents and women's gatherings and all. Yes, life was simpler, but also there were so many less options. There were so much less possible. So take it with a, with a grain of salt. With that said, I think 
think that if we had a community where you had uncles and aunts and grandparents and close friends that were able to hold a container, I don't think we need therapists and coaches and healers. And until that day, they are very, very useful. Analogy that I give is, look, like meditation and daily practices that you do on your own, it's like brushing your teeth. Like that's hugely important for your dental hygiene and overall health, right? Like please keep doing it every day, make it a normal part of your life and you will notice the benefit almost instantly, right? Like and daily and frequently. There might also be times when you have a toothache or something comes to the surface that you weren't aware of and you really need a specialist. Mm -hmm. And those are the times and the words that you used are so perfect because I have a background in marriage and family therapy. I went to grad school, transpersonal psychology, but kind of never took that route fully because I feel like having a container to heal is so essential. The container is not the main part of the healing. It's like, you know, in order to bake a cake, the pan is not the cake, right? But the pan holds the cake. Otherwise, how are you going to take the batter and just put it in the oven without anything to hold it? It'll just decompose and drip down. So there needs to be a space. I also like to give the analogy of the banks of the river so that the emotions can really flow safely and there are banks there to keep it in that trajectory, right? Mm. So for me, the experience of really accepting that I'm never maybe going to figure it out and that the focus has to be on right now. Like, I'm never going to figure out this big existential question, will I ever heal? You know, am I worthy? Is this possible? I mean, I think, you know, now I feel like to some degree, I'm going to spend the rest of my life finding it out. But at the time, the questions were totally unsolvable and they were taking all of my energy away from what could be done, which is how can I feel better today? And that's where the acceptance really opened doors to the healing and to allowing support in, which I hadn't allowed before. And over time, that kind of support created more internal support structures within me. And it also normalized this process of not knowing, not being able to do it on my own and allowing others to support me, which was a foundational shift for me Mm. from my upbringing and how I had lived my life. Mm. And I really feel like the the proportion, our success is proportional to the level of support we can allow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there is this... I would love your thoughts on this actually, because I see this online a lot, especially in the entrepreneur community where, you know, it's like the self-made and the superwoman sort of messaging, right? That that keeps yeah. us... And, and this was true for me too, is I literally had so much shame around the fact that when I met my husband, I was like, I don't want your help. I mean, he's one of the number one copywriters in the world. He's like, he has like what I would call like masters in like funnels and, you know, building, building out online courses and he's just done it all. And I was like, I am going to do it on my own. Like I didn't <laughs> want his help because I wanted that title. Like I wanted to be like, I did, I was self-made and I didn't have my husband help me. And, you know, I don't know what it was about that, but I share that so often now because I'm like, if you can get the help from your partner, take it. Like there's no shame in that. If you can get help from a family member, from, you know, a woman in your community, from a, a group that someone's inviting you into, I think we're so terrified of being worthy. And then it's projection and we basically 
you know, sabotage what our experiences are. And so I just bring that forward because I think I think the messaging gets tricky and then should we sabotage even raising money or taking advice either and either side. Right. Well, it's tricky to talk about these things because they're both and, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I want to be both independent yep. and supported. And so many people um, have a hard time with paradoxical desires. Like yes. I want to be free and I want to feel safe. Mm. And for a lot of people, those are contradictory. They're like, well, if because what they interpret by safe is they stay with the known and freedom is the unknown. So they create this dichotomy within themselves, which then plays out in their life, right? Where they're like not able to ever create what they want because what they want are both of those things, but they haven't yet designed a vision or a paradigm or an approach that allows for both of these parts. It's like if I said, I want something salty and sweet, not just one or the other. And the idea that I think it comes down to how it feels. And (laughs) this is again, very interpretive, right? Right. But there is a way to be in a co-creation where giving and receiving feels like a circulation and a flow. It feels like a win-win, right? Mm -hmm. Where one person is enjoying writing the copy and doing it because it makes him happy. And the other one is enjoying receiving this creative ideas and support, tangible words on paper or whatever it is. And it feels like a win-win. And it feels like an, an enhancement for both people and an empowering experience. I think where women specifically get have a little bit of a hard time is when the support feels disempowering, where somebody feels sorry for you or feels that you are incapable or you yes. feel <laughs> incapable. Yes. And so you, you know, you're sort of judging yourself. And so the support feels disempowering. It's like thanks but it actually made me feel less than. Mm. Well, that's not support that you're ready to receive then, right? right? I mean, why would you want to feel less than? I think with things like this, with relationships, with, and everything's your relationship to money, your relationship to your business, to your clients, to podcasts, to everywhere, everything's relational, right? But again, bottom line, I keep going back to, does this feel good. And what I mean by good, I mean life enhancing. Does it feel like an exhale versus a holding my breath? Does it feel honoring? Does it feel powerful in some way? Does it feel meaningful? Those are the questions that we don't see on social media. I guess it's hard to write an Instagram post about it it with a flashy, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. win and popping champagne or whatever. But those, the quality of our questions determine the quality of our life. Mm -hmm. And so as we elevate the way that we think about things, of course, the things that we are looking at start shifting in front of us. So I feel like a, a conversation that I've had with my husband or when I had such a hard time receiving support, I still do, still at times. The conversation is now, thank you so much for offering this. And it's bringing up X, Y, Z for me. It's bringing up a feeling of incompetence for me and a fear of trusting someone because I feel like I could be abandoned at any moment. And the the pain of that makes me put up a wall. So let me sit with this offer and you know whatever. Or can we create this in a way that I can really receive? Maybe yes. there's parameters on it that would feel good to each person. But again, the best kind of support is where you don't know who's giving and who's receiving. I mean, it's so often when I sit in an interview like this and I'm like, I can't believe this is my quote unquote work. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Like right. who's giving and who's receiving? Like, I love this. Yeah. I would do this all day, every day. And I do, you yeah. know, or when I'm in an amazing coaching session, when I'm facilitating a mastermind program, or when I'm a participant in a mastermind program, I just feel like it is this circulation mm-hmm. of life that mm-hmm. moves through me. And I am part of co-creation. I feel used by life in this way. And I feel connected to something so much bigger than myself. So at that point, these kind of silly kind of maybe more who's giving and who's receiving yeah. concepts don't really apply. Yeah. Yeah. Because it all feels like it's it's creating for the higher good of all and for the yes. collective and for the planet and for humanity. And so I think when there's that energy and that, and that requires us to do the work, like I've done a lot of work on healing the part of myself that felt that shame or was reluctant to step into a group where I was the least intelligent in the room or I, my business wasn't as successful as everyone else. But I, I did the work so that I could feel like and recognize that I could still contribute in other ways. And so, and then I felt exactly as you're sharing, which was that it is for the benefit of all and for a higher consciousness for humanity and in global impact. And so I think as we do that work, those those belief systems do begin to shift. I wanted to talk a little bit about what you mentioned before, which is kind of the sabotaging energy and when people start to recognize it, because I do hear a lot of people where they, and I noticed this in my business too, where people will lose weight really quickly and then they don't feel worthy. So they sabotage, but basically they're manifesting what they want, but they're they're then sabotaging the experience because vibrationally, they don't feel worthy of what it yeah, is. They can't receive bringing, it or they can't receive it. Exactly. So I would love to dive yeah. a little bit into how to maybe some mindset shifts around shifting this experience or the work that's required in order to vibrationally match what it is you're bringing forward. Yeah. I mean, look, I feel like I'm sort of the bearer of bad news sometimes and things like that. And I said this in my book in a much nicer way, but now I'm just not going to be that nice. I always say I'm not nice. I'm kind because I feel like it requires an acceptance that it's not about reaching that goal Mm -hmm. and that if it's not here, you're not ready and that's Mm -hmm. okay. It's not here. You're not ready. Because if you're ready, it would be here. And it's not a judgment against you. Right. Right. It's like when you're six, are you ready to wear, you know, stilettos? No. Right. Right. Because that's not your shoe size. That's not what you'd be wearing. Um, I like to think of it in terms of when we grow and we are always changing, you know, shoe sizes and clothes sizes. And it's very normal to just need new clothes and new shoes because we can visibly see the growth. But something happens around the time when we stop growing and we're quote unquote an adult that we forget that we are still changing and evolving. And the things that were appropriate at some point may not be appropriate in another point. And it doesn't make the other bad. It doesn't make the clothes I wore when I was six bad. Mm. They were appropriate for then. They were the right thing for then. And it doesn't make it inappropriate for me to want something where I'm not yet. It's just not here yet. I redefine miracles are in my book as things that aren't here yet. And I mean that in a good way, because if you can really have a heck of a journey arriving there, Mm -hmm. you will have a heck of an experience receiving it. And what most people focus on is there. I just want to get there. And we just gave some examples about you get there and then you realize, oh, this is not at all what I thought it would feel like. Mm -hmm. In other words, I can't receive this. I can't tell you how many business class flights I was on when I was, you know, 23, 24, 25, that I was cursing the 
the experience I was having. And then I remember leaving investment banking and not flying business class for like 10 years after and being like, why did I enjoy it? Mm-hmm. Like, my God, I could have relaxed and had a glass of champagne and the warm nuts and like just, and I realized what's the point of having something if you can't receive it? And so I do as much of a convincing sales job on it mm-hmm. in my book and my work on my podcast to remind people that you want the thing so that you can actually feel the experience of receiving it. And the greatest shortcut you could ever realize is that you can actually feel it today without having that experience. Right. Right. You can feel in love today without having a partner to be in love with. You can feel abundant today without having any more dollars in your pocket that you did yesterday. You can feel more at ease and less stressed Today, and there are practices, there are ways, there are experiences, there are you know, decisions and, and healings that you could do in order to feel it. But you have to aim at the right target to hit it. And most people are aiming with all their might, but at the wrong target. So when they hit it, it doesn't feel satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be curious too, in terms of the, the when we do get it, let's say we do keep it, like let's say it does vibrationally stay in our experience, but we're only sustained in the hit of, I don't know if you would call this falsified happiness, but that like moment of happiness, like let's say a new car or a new house or whatever it is that you're bringing forward. A lot of people will then go in the manifesting phase to manifest the next thing to get the hit again. And so I yeah. would just bring light, want to bring light to and, and get your thoughts on on creating that happiness in the in-between, right? Like creating that sustainable happiness. And I love how you talked about the fact that you can have it now. Like you don't need to get the next hit of the next thing in order to feel these emotional experiences. But do you have any thoughts around this as well for the yeah. for the chaser? Because I've yeah. been that person. <laughs> yeah. Life. I mean, look, it's kind of what we're taught, right? right. Like we're trained right. in that through school, just get that next thing. And then you, there'll be a carrot at the end of it. And then the carrot keeps moving. And so that's how we grow up, just chasing carrots, even when we reach them. I mean, why do we have such a high you know, depression rate or even suicide rate for people who are high achievers? I mean, if achievement was the answer, I think that we would see a very different society. But where you sort of start to realize is that even when I achieve, if I work so hard and even when I achieve, it won't actually be lasting, then what is the point? Mm. And, you know, and the sabotage question that you asked earlier, I'm sort of going to tie those together. It's not so much a sabotage as it is a part of you that comes up that says this feels unsafe. Mm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost mm-hmm. like um, I heard someone once give the analogy of a thermostat, right? And you set it at a certain set point. So that would be your quote unquote baseline let's call it happiness level or you know your mood your attitude right and so if you are just opening the windows or bringing in fire or whatever and so it's 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 either heating it up or the air conditioning is going off or whatever is happening and the thermostat sort of gets temporarily cold or temporarily hot it will always want to go back to that set point unless you raise the set point and so you can keep raising the set point by doing things that increase your sort of daily level of meaning and satisfaction and happiness. But the big realization that I had is what if I can be happy being unhappy? What if I can feel safe feeling unsafe? What if I could feel loved when there's a moment when I feel very much not loved? Mm. What if there was a level of unconditional 
access that I could have to the things that matter to me that did not depend on any particular person or situation or things going a certain way or me experiencing certain things that give me that hit. What if I was the hit maker, not waiting for something to hit me. Mm. And it became a very practical thing. Again, you know, you could sort of go into the philosophy of it, but ultimately it became in the situation where I am unhappy, where I am triggered, where I feel in pain, where I feel angry. How can I call in and create a feeling of a little bit more ease, a little bit more relief, a little bit more support, a little bit more whatever it is that I needed so that I could feel better while I'm walking through the storm. In other words, where's my umbrella or my shelter or whatever? Because it's storming outside. Okay, it's storming. You know, weather's going to change. Sometimes it's going to be sunny. Sometimes it's going to be cold. You know, seasons are going to come. Sometimes it's going to be, you know, snowing and sometimes it's going to be sunshine. And we have this kind of infatuation with summer in this this analogy where we just want it to be like a certain season all the time. There is like this flat version of what being in alignment and being happy is like. It means that you are somehow statically, not movingly, not unhappy, I would call it. Which, you know, you could take a lot of drugs and get there. You could numb yourself out. Like there are ways and tools and strategies to sort of sort of simulate that experience. But ultimately, you're going to need to move into places where what if everything is here to serve me? Mm -hmm. What if this particular experience is here to lead me deeper into myself? What if this feeling of my heart breaking open or of my life breaking down or this experience creating some kind of massive shift is actually the opening that I've been praying for, asking for, and envisioning? What if this is the path? What if this is the portal to everything that I put on my visioning board? Mm. And what if... The journey of it is the actual win. Mm, Yes. Yes. Because it's who you become through those things that make you successful, that make you accomplish, that give you meaning and fulfillment, Mm -hmm. right? It's Mm -hmm. not the thing itself. So great. We got to the house that we got to, and I'm so thrilled because I've been envisioning it. I mean, growing up in Siberia, I was definitely very far away from the Caribbean ocean, right? (laughs) But like I got here, but it's the reason that my thermostat keeps rising is not because now I have this house. It's who I've become on the journey here. Mm. Yeah, it's so interesting. And there's and it's so beautiful to be in the constant question and inquiry. I'm just I'm literally having flashbacks to like maybe like a year ago, my girlfriend was reflecting to me and and kind of sharing with me her experience of myself when we do this with each other. And I was working in the fashion industry for so many years. I wore the same black dress to every single casting. And I would look at these other girls and be like, someday I'm gonna be able to afford the like designer handbag and the, you know, and and the beautiful dresses and it always it always made me feel so much shame and sadness that I didn't have those beautiful things to go on these castings. So flash forward to being able to afford them and like buying a few things for myself and then just keeping them in my closet and like never wearing them, never having them come out. My my one of my best friends said she was like, you never wear your wedding ring out. Like you never wear your jewelry out, your Chanel bag sitting in your closet. What about those shoes you just got for yourself? And it like hit me that it was like this design 
desire I had, but it wasn't needed. And there was more work to be done under that, which was like, then I didn't feel even worthy then of wearing the things. And I didn't, and I was scared. This was the, this was the recognition. I was scared that I was going to make other people feel less than like I felt when Mm. I was modeling for wearing the things that I wanted to manifest into my life. So, you know, I share this because there's always these interesting dynamics that happen and these belief systems that show up when you attract the thing that you desire to. And so once you have it, I think it's also important to say, well, how am I relating to this now? And and is it bringing me fulfillment? Like I love getting in my new car and I love having the experience of being able to buy something new, but I also recognize that it doesn't really change how I feel in driving the car that was breaking down, you know, when I got to LA. So it's just creating those... It's both and, yeah, right? it's both like, and it's, and it's, not mutually exclusive. And it's so interesting, right? Because on one hand, you could look at it like, you know, me wearing this out. And I've definitely done this where even with like talking about the eating disorder or, um, you know, just any of the successes I've had, even this house, sometimes much less so now, but there would be like a little voice that would come up like, oh, you're going to make people uncomfortable Mm -hmm. with the ones that are in the middle of it. But had I not heard those voices or had you not seen those beautiful clothes, what in the world would be the vision that would pull you to become the woman you are now? Right. They are not so shallow, these particular goals and visions, not if they are part of the journey to real fulfillment Mm -hmm. that is unconditional. In other words, now I want the things I want, not because I need them in order to prove something or because I think they're going to make me happy for a long time or even for a day, but Mm -hmm. it's because the chase of it is exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting. There's like, like, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was going to say, there's this beautiful quote about that not until you have it, are you in the mindset to allow it to be let go. It's like, right. it's like you're creating these things and you're manifesting these things. And then you're literally spending your life letting go of all of the things that you manifested. And that's part of the journey as well. It's like you're letting go of the people and the animals and the houses and, and nothing is really as secure as we as we think it is. But it's in the manifestation and the letting go that it, I believe is one of the most beautiful evolutions and journeys of our consciousness and awareness. Yeah. And you can't skip that step <laughs> of like not having it in the first place. Like it, I, I remember watching some like movie star or something. I think it was Jim Carrey, like, I don't know, 12 years ago, there was like a video that was going around where he's like, none of these, you know, accomplishments matter. None of the money I've made matter. And I remember thinking, yeah, you can say that because you've had it and because you feel capable of creating it. See, the Mm. difference is he feels capable of creating it because he's had it. Now you can feel capable of creating it without having it. That is a level of mastery that, you know, Mm -hmm. most people won't get to, but it is possible. I don't think it's necessary though. Since we are human, we have a physical, tangible world. Why are we trying to be so, you know, angelic and spiritual and non-physical? Why not actually use the raw material that's available to us in the 3D reality to have a full you know, physical experience as a soul. Mm -hmm. And so of course you can then look at it and say, well, that didn't really matter. And now I don't need it. But the fact that you are the person that created it is what we get to keep, Mm -hmm. whether we have that thing or not. I remember um, Abraham Hicks saying something like, you know, it's better to have had, you know, a million dollars 10 times and and lost it versus never having created in the first place. Most people would be like, but then you go bankrupt or then you have, you know, ups and downs. But the idea is that once you've had it, you can have it again. Right. Because you know the vibrational you experience. Feel, yeah. yeah. And you feel like it's possible because you've done it. And so a lot of times the work that I do, and maybe this would be a good practical tool and it's, I don't know what chapter, uh, probably chapter eight or nine of my book 
where I talk about how can you make something that's not just a vision, right? But actually do some creative expression around it. So I have a, I'm kind of known for my marry yourself ceremony and it's part of my program. And I used to do it for years. It's like a big live free training for everybody where you get to step into the experience of connecting with your higher self. And then you have your self, you know, self with a capital and self as you see yourself on a daily level, like your regular homeostasis, your regular set point. And you get to create a commitment that is deeper and it supersedes all the other commitments that you would have. So you commit to supporting yourself. You commit to honoring and respecting yourself in sickness and in health. So you don't beat yourself up when you are a bad manifester and you manifested, you know, not feeling well or something didn't go the way you wanted, that you are committed through and through unconditionally to you and that you're able to, for a moment even, have an experience of that unconditional commitment from source, from your soul, from spirit. And if you can step into that for even like 10 seconds Mm. during that ceremony, bam, now you've had a real taste of it. Now you can take that vision and you can actually evolve it into a real relationship with a real human. So how do you create something you've never seen and you've never had in tiny increments, like the blind men with the three elephant that are like, "Mm, I think this is a trunk. I think this is the tail. I think this is the side. And you're sort of feeling and you're finding these puzzle pieces that you're like, this feels good. This resonates with me. That is really what I want to have more of. This is a new expanded, like, yes, I really want it or like a really clarifier. And then before you know it, it creates a full-blown quote unquote vision, or I call it a fusion, like a feeling vision Mm. that now starts magnetizing on your behalf because you are a magnetic being as much as you are a thinking and doing being and your energy field and your magnetic field it already changes the environment around you without you needing to say or do anything. Mm. That's how you become <laughs> able to magnetize everything that you want to you. You quite literally turn up the attraction mechanism on the things that you do want and naturally turn down the mechanism on the things that you don't want. So they are drawn to you and you are drawn to them and it feels like a win, win, win. And then the, the snowball keeps going. Mm. So that exercise of being able to step into a moment of feeling something like, like when you were on in those sitting rooms wearing your clothes, I am, I imagine you must have had moments where you're like, what would it feel like to wear this Chanel dress that the girl next to me is wearing or whatever it is, right? You can really step into that. Then you might find opportunities. You might go and try something like that on. It's not for the shallow act of wanting to have a, I don't know, $2,000 dress mm-hmm. on. It's for the experience that it gives you a feeling empowered, a feeling worthy, a feeling like something is tailored to you where you are seen and heard and you are visible maybe or whatever it may be. And that that starts creating more and more next steps available to you. You will see opportunities where other people and the amount of times that my husband and I went and stayed in Airbnbs, places we wanted to live at. Mm-hmm. We're like, we can't afford this house. We can't do this like as our lifestyle. We're going to get one night there. Yes. And we are going to yes. live it up. We are going to spend that 24 hours living it up like nobody in this universe has ever enjoyed an experience. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that would create the snowball of energy. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. I, I remember so many of those experiences with my husband, because even just like begging the flight people, Hey, can you, can you give us an upgrade? And like, we want to feel what it's like to be in business class. And like, <laughs> not that we had never flown in business class, but we were like, we want to have that experience more often, you know? So we would like ask them when we got there and, you know, sometimes we would get upgraded one time here and there. But I just remember that being like the very beginning of our relationship or even we went to Thailand for a week and I remember like spending $250 on a hotel room and it was just absurdity to us at that time. And we were like, we're just going to feel what it feels like to just have this yeah. experience just for two nights out of this trip. And since then, obviously our finances have shifted and we've been able to have different experiences. But but I remember really being in those experiences and then also Craig's community and friends and mentors really inviting us into those experiences. And I remember having these moments of freak out, even when would go look at houses that we couldn't afford. And I would just be like, this is never going to happen. And Craig would like stand on the edge of the glass looking out in LA and he'd be like, I will live here someday. <laughs> and he had such a strong vision that he 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 brought it in and has really taught me about that. Like he would go drive the cars he wanted before. He would like all of these things you see on The Secret and you, you learn about, like he actually lived that and really did it. And I remember one day, we've never had a Rolls Royce, but he like, his friend was like, do you want to use my Rolls Royce? And I was like, that's ridiculous. What are you? And he was like, no we're going to like have this experience. And I was yeah. like, and he's like, how will I know? See, but I... he loves the experience totally. He's like, like how will I know the... if I want this or not? And we ended up not, not wanting it. But he was like, how will I know if I want it unless I try it? And I'm like, okay, we're going to do it. But it's always been such a push to me. And I've had to do, even when we moved into both of our houses, I had to do so much internal work on the worthiness component to step into that. Oh, so I totally did. Because I would have these things come up like this, the amount we're paying here could put every person I know that's related to me in Russia through college. Mm. Like how, how could I do this? Mm-hmm. I remember moving into date our biggest place and thinking like, I can't be here. I feel so guilty. I feel so bad. Here I am at that point. I was already sort of, you know, teaching mindset and manifesting. And I remember doing this really vulnerable video and sort of coaching myself on it. And first of all, allowing myself to feel the the whole mm-hmm. experience and the shame that I felt for yeah. even feeling the shame, you know, shame for shame. That's, the, you know, layer it on. And then recognizing that, you know, it was me adjusting to this new level and that what it was really bringing up for me, which was so powerful and useful and necessary, was that I wanted to retain an appreciation for these things and an ability to share generously, which in my belief system, I was taught that as soon as you have these things, you become greedy and bad. Like mm. people who have stuff are become greedy and bad. So that programming was coming to the surface. And increasingly, I had better and better tools to recognize that was part of me that was feeling unsafe. So instead of judging myself or, or feeling bad that I have this unworthiness, I was like, oh, it's my little girl who's worried that you know she's going to change and she's going to become a bad person. Mm. Like I can hold space for her. Look, you are welcome to be here here in this and we're going to get through this together. And what you're talking about is like the difference, like with some things, my husband is a lot more aligned and he just thinks bigger and it's easier. And with other things, I'm that way. But I also realize like everybody has their edges. And so your edge right now might be not even things. It might be, you guys don't have kids, right? So no. it might be like, if you want kids, you would like, you know, go stay with, with yeah. a family member <laughs> for three days and be like, we're going to try that on. That's not a Rolls Royce. That's like, totally, you know? totally. <laughs> like, 
100%. But also for somebody else, it could be like, I remember for me, it used to be such a breakthrough to allow myself to buy flowers once a month for me when Mm -hmm. I lived alone in my Mm -hmm. dinky studio. And I remember thinking, but these flowers just add something to me. They make me feel special. And I remember standing at the store one time for like an hour having a debate with myself whether buy these $9 flowers at Trader Joe's and feeling like all of these emotions. And in the end, I can't remember whether I bought them or I didn't, but I remember coming back and saying, I want to become the kind of person that can buy any bouquet here and feel good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it's incremental wherever you are. Yes. So it might be getting a glass of wine that you really like, even though you feel like it's not as affordable. That one time, like it's finding some way to stretch yourself in a way that's still manageable and comfortable. Like sometimes people go into this whole act as if thing completely absurdly and they just blow all their money and end up bankrupt because they were playing a role instead of really allowing this experience to be something that they can both experience and receive. And that's Mm -hmm. what we talked about sabotage and like sort of a whiplash almost. If something happens too quickly and you're not able to receive it, it will create this whiplash of an experience, whether that's a really sort of challenging trigger, like getting a diagnosis or having a relationship and or a really what's supposed to be a happy trigger, like winning the lottery or getting your dream client or your dream job or something happening really amazing. Both of those can create whiplash. Mm -hmm. And so having the ability to really integrate all of those experiences and developing like brushing your teeth, steady practices of mindfulness, right? Steady practices of more unconditional feeling good about anything that matters to you today. It takes away the pressure from anything in life going this way or that way in order for you to feel okay. We're not even going to talk about feeling good, but in order for you to feel okay. Again, if you can feel okay when you're not feeling okay, you got it. You're right. Right. And it applies even to my clients with with health. It's like making that one step to pay the extra 50 cents for gluten-free toast or taking the step to say, I'm going to go sign up for that gym membership. And you know, even if I have to walk a couple extra blocks and it's not close to my house, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to take that initiative to feel what it's like to have that membership and to feel what it's like to, to step into a space of taking care of me. And this applies to any area of our life. I mean, I've done this with pretty much... <laughs> I've pretty much had to revamp every area of my my life like, like like having this conversation is like so many flashbacks into into <laughs> like you know reprogramming my thoughts around business and money abundance family community isn't that forever aren't Friends. you going to do that forever yeah. like i don't see an end no. like i've just normalized that this is just like part of brushing my teeth and drinking water every day i no longer like oh i have to you know think about things that are meaningful to me today like it's become a normal part mm-hmm. of my life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. The, and the, the content might change. Like I might brush my teeth for 30 seconds one day and two minutes another day. I might use this toothpaste or that toothpaste. I, you know, I, I might, things may change if I can't find, you know, water because I'm camping. I'll do it just with a toothbrush without toothpaste. The essence, the actual right. focus, the intention doesn't change. People get too focused on a particular ritual or a particular tool. I really love to present people with a buffet of things and have them develop the practice of saying, yeah. I really like this. And 
and here's why. And I'm going to keep doing it. And if I find something I like even better, I'm going to move towards that because I hope that it's a lifelong practice, a lifelong process. I hope you don't just do it once and think that you're done forever. Mm -hmm. And there is no ceiling on how good life can get. There's no ceiling for who you can become. There's no ceiling for how much joy you can experience and how much impact you can create. There's no ceiling on anybody. There's also no bottom to how challenging and painful things can get because there is no done. Right, right. And I love that idea of even that there's no no bottom because in the discomfort is the ability to say, well, this doesn't feel good anymore. So I want to manifest something different. And that totally changed my viewpoint on being in the discomfort because as I shared earlier, I was always in the spiritual context of I manifested. This is my karma. I have to play this out. I have to be in this for so long. I have to like live out these this negative experience. And the moment I shift to like, this just doesn't feel good and I'm ready to manifest something new, it pops you back into that momentum quicker. And that's what that's what really upgraded my life was just in the belief of, okay, it's not always going to be these positive, happy manifesting thoughts and like things are just going to like show up at my doorstep, but it's going to be this, this evolution in this life process of figuring out what I don't like and what doesn't feel good and then moving towards what does. Yeah. What you describe is, is really the process for manifesting is to acknowledge that what's happening is feeling in a certain way and then saying, what does this feeling now indicate to me? And usually it's, well, I want to feel something different. And then you start looking for a way to feel different. So you're not resisting that you're feeling what you're feeling or how it happened. You're not mad that you're not already feeling something different. You're not upset and angsty and rushing to get to some other outcome. In other words, when there is an experience of really embracing where you are. I have a quote in my book, to get what you want, you've got to want what you've got. Mm. And so how do you want what is happening currently? Because that's what will liberate you to create what you want next. And that feels a little bit like a contradiction for a lot of people because they're so used to for their desire to be something they're yearning for, Mm. something they're fighting for, something they have a lot of push into. And that is a form of achievement, but that will never be satisfying Mm. because it came at a price and it came at a cost. Yeah. Yeah. And think that we're ready to create from a place of overflow. I think when you fill your cup and it overflows, that's a very different way to walk in the world. And it's something I practice on a daily level. And I would say that I probably fail like 80% of the time (laughs) to do it somehow perfectly. And I don't, turns out I don't have to do it perfectly in order to incrementally feel better and better every day. And as long as there's that trajectory and that movement and better is now different for me than it used to be. I used to think that better is somehow being off the wall, blissful, or always grateful or enthusiastic. Better for me a lot of times is just that I feel like I'm present and I can really be with what's happening and I can sort of catch the full experience. And that's a very different goal than what I had, you know, 15 years ago or 20 years ago when I just thought that success and happiness were these particular moments in time and particular emotions. And I had narrowed it in so much that I would momentarily experience those moments, but they would be so fleeting and I had no capacity to be present that it's almost like they didn't even happen. Right. And when I broadened my definition, when I used to teach yoga, I always say, if you, if you broaden your definition of enjoyment, you can enjoy everything in this practice. <laughs> you know. So if how can you broaden your definition of enjoyment and 
looking for what feels better to you. Mm. And that's really my definition of worthiness now is that I give myself permission to acknowledge, express, and do what feels better. Mm. I love that. Thank you so much for being here. This was so fun. I, I had so much fun today when you were talking about, I get to do this. This is my life. Like I was like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> I've literally, <laughs> I've literally been in coaching, life coaching therapy session for the last hour with you. So perfect. It's, I mean, but this is the thing. It's possible for us to create a life that we don't need like a vacation or a break from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's right. possible more than ever now, which is why I'll never shut up about this yeah. because it seemed like such an impossibility from where I started. Like my culture, my upbringing, my belief systems, none of it was really leaning in the direction of this being a possibility. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I have been able to, I would say, allow it and co-create it more than make it happen. Um, there's another Michael Beko saying, you don't need to make it happen. You need to make it welcome. I feel like I've made so many things welcome and in the process have really enjoyed the the experience of welcoming. And I wish that for everybody because that's the kind of peace, the inner harmony that is really the highest experience that you can have as a human being. That there's no parts of you that are fighting or being disenfranchised. There's no disharmony that leaves you torn apart and feeling incomplete. When you're in harmony with all the parts of you and in harmony with the things that are happening in your life and in the world, it gives you the experience of wholeness and of connection. And that is a transcending experience mm-hmm. that is universal. And that I really think all of us have as our, you know, sort of actual purpose. Yes. Is yes. to do it in our own way and share our own gifts and let our life be the gift that is created from that experience. Mm, thank you. Yes. A hundred percent. So, so in agreement and so appreciate just your wisdom today and showing up vulnerably and sharing your story. And so glad we got to do this. I'm curious where um, listeners can find you and connect with you and join your programs, get your books, all the things to dive into this work further. Because I know that there's a lot of tools we didn't have have time, of course, in an hour to cover on one podcast, but I'm yeah. sure people would love love the additional tools and, and resources. And we didn't talk about tools, but I am all about tools. Like my book, I think 80% of it is just exercises that I'm like, try this, try this, because this is about how it feels to you. And then once you see a result, you'll actually um, want to do it more. Don't take my word for it. Like come into it skeptical, you know, test it for yourself. So my book, Manifest That Miracle, and you could go to manifestthatmiracle.com. You can download and check out three chapters of my book for free, or then you could buy it everywhere, stores and Amazon and audiobooks and paperbacks or anything that you want. And you can go to my website, lanaschlafer.com to learn more about me, to connect with me on social media from there. And I hope that this is a conversation that we get to continue having. I hope that um, if something spoke to you in this conversation, that you will connect with Sarah and I and share your experience. I feel like this is why I love this work so much because I'm in it for the game of it. You know, I just love the interaction and the exchange that gets created. I love that I get to be part of the dialogue. And I hope that this creates a new future for my kids. Mm. And yes, and humanity and the planet. And it's going to be, yep. it's going to be beautiful <laughs> as we continue to, um, 
to share and, and for those to take the courageous step to do the work and, and to step into their manifesting potential. So thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I'm so grateful to you and cannot wait to connect further in the future. Thank you. Yes. Wow, what an incredibly uplifting conversation with Lana. I trust that you enjoyed our conversation and you feel re-inspired and reinvigorated to achieve the life of your dreams one mindset shift at a time. When it comes to making decisions, we often hear statements like trust your intuition, wait for divine timing, or the answer will come to you, just be patient. But what I've learned from years of coaching is yes, sometimes it's important to sit in meditation and with your mindfulness practices and wait but and this language as a stalling technique because we're scared to take that next step. So in other words, you might be holding yourself back from doing what you already know you should be doing. And so divine timing is actually the moment that you decide to make a choice. And just as Lana shared, as hard as it can be to hear, you might not always get that hell yes or that strong pull from your intuition to take that step. But that doesn't mean that you don't trust yourself. And that doesn't mean the answer is no. And that doesn't mean that you don't have it in you to move forward. Sometimes it just requires that courageous step of saying yes. And I also want to remind you that there is no wrong decision. The reality is that there is only the perception of each experience. And so even when we consider that we've made the wrong decision, we can actually allow ourselves instead to be grateful that we took a step and that we have now clarity for what we do and we don't want. And so ask yourself if there isn't a right or wrong decision. And if there was no right or wrong answer, which choice feels right in this moment for you to move into action towards, even if it leads to choosing something different down the road? One of my favorite meditations taught to me by my coach, David Waldus, opens with the question, if I knew the answer, what would it be? Said in another way, if I knew my next step, what would that be? And so asking yourself this before meditation literally forces the mind to get creative and find a solution. And so take this with you next week. Ask yourself, if I knew the next step to reach my dreams, what would it be? And am I courageously willing to take that step? And so I truly hope that this episode was motivating and uplifting. And I know that we so often hear the incredible benefits of manifestation and living in alignment with your intuition. Now, before you go, maybe you're struggling to tune out others' opinions and honor your inner guidance. Maybe you need a community that supports you on your journey. If this resonates with you, I invite you to join the awesome Inside Out Facebook group. It's a private safe space filled with beautiful hearts coming together to encourage and uplift each other. All you have to do is search Awesome Inside Out on Facebook and you can join the group for free. Also, if you enjoyed today's conversation, I recommend listening to one of my most recent episodes with Oren Harris about coming into spiritual alignment and bringing forth more love into our lives. Also, drop me a message on Instagram if you've been listening to these podcasts. Let me know what's been resonating, what you want to hear more of, and how I can support you. I would love to shout you out and celebrate your wins. Also drop me a message on Instagram if you've been listening to these podcasts and let me know what's been resonating. What do you want to hear more about and how can I support you in becoming happier and healthier? As always, I also want to celebrate you. So please tag me in your wins and let me know you've been listening. You can find me on Instagram at Sarah Ann Stewart, S-A-R-A-H-A-N-N-E-S-T-E-W-A-R-T. And until next time, I'm sending you a massive virtual hug and I'm trusting you're going to have a beautiful week of manifestation ahead. All right, that concludes this podcast. It is my honor to always share with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You are here right now because you are ready. 
Because while many of us share the feeling of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here, you are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. And if you benefit from it, it would mean the world to me if you could please spread this movement and share it with one person who you know would also benefit. We are all in this together, so thank you for being here and part of this movement.